Welcome to the Manifestation Bay podcast. My name is Katherine Zinkina, and I'm a manifestation expert, master mindset coach, and multiple seven-figure entrepreneur. I'm obsessed with helping you achieve everything that you once thought was impossible. If you're looking to massively up-level your life, your finances, your relationships, your productivity and success, then you have come to the right place. My goal in this podcast is to help you see the infinite potential within yourself to be, do, and have anything that your heart desires. Think of this podcast as your weekly dose of mindset development to help you maximize who you are and where you're going. Leave it to me to provide you with the tools, the resources, the strategies, and teachings that you need to manifest a reality wilder than your wildest dreams. I know we're about to have so much fun together, so thank you so much for pushing play today, and now let's begin. If 2024 is the year for you to get rich and make money a pleasurable and enjoyable, easy, soft, feminine experience for you, I'm about to give you the formula to make that happen. If you feel like money is just ruling your life and you're finding yourself overwhelmed by the inconsistency of how it shows up for you, listen up because I'm about to change everything for you. You're about to tap into sovereign money where you become the queen, the authority, the commander of how money shows up for you, where money responds to you and not the other way around. The new feminine way of manifesting millions is here. And no, it doesn't require late nights, starting a second business, waking up before seven in the morning, or working any harder than you already do. In fact, you'll probably find yourself working much less because money doesn't respond to hard work anyway. It responds to your vibration. My brand new money manifestation program, Sovereign Money, is designed to help you reclaim your birthright to infinite wealth, rewire your archaic money beliefs for good, expand your capacity to receive, and manifest money on your command. If this sounds like something you're ready to step into, Sovereign Money is relaunching soon and you can get on the wait list so that you don't miss a single update right now. Go to manifestationbabe.com slash SM. Again, that's manifestationbabe.com slash SM, S for sovereign, M for money to sign up for the waitlist right now. Hello, my beautiful souls, and welcome back to another episode of the Manifestation Bay podcast. I am officially one day out for my due date at the time of this recording, of course, and thought what an appropriate time to finally sit my husband down, just really, it's much harder than you think, (laughs) and go deep into what we experience relationship-wise throughout our very first pregnancy together. The hormones, the mood swings, the emotions, the tears, the nausea. Oh, My. In this episode, I touch on our best tips for couples based on what we learned together throughout this experience, how sex has been as my body has been changing, if I'm getting a push present, what Brennan honestly thinks of home births, and what we're most excited about experiencing in our upcoming birth of our very first son. I hope you guys enjoy this one. It's a long one, I know, but I promise it's a goodie. See you inside. Okay, are we finally ready? We're going. Please tell me you're ready. 
If you guys have been watching on my Instagram stories, the day that we decided to record this episode, which obviously is right now live between me and Brennan, we had to wait for this mofo to order a burrito right as I set this up. And you guys, ordering a burrito, like even though it's close to us, took like an hour and a half for this burrito to get here, for Brennan to finally eat it, to get his coffee, for me to pee and poo because I'm pregnant. Due date is approaching. My body's doing all kinds of things. And we're finally here. All I hear is team. I hate burritos and I'm not about that life. (laughs) Although in all fairness, I could have walked, placed the order in person and come back all before it was delivered. So yeah. Okay, so the dog, okay, one dog wants to pee, the other one's chewing on a plant. God help us, we're gonna get through this episode. All right, so I posted on Instagram the other day, um, actually, it was yesterday from the recording of this episode, how Brennan and I have massively improved our relationship through pregnancy. And I've been wanting to sit down and record this for a while because there's a couple tricks that we really um, implemented over the last 10 months that have made such an enormous transformation in how Brennan and I overcome conflicts around pregnancy-related stuff, like hormones and emotions and mood swings and things like that. And I just thought it'd be really valuable to put that out into the world, especially for couples who are planning on starting this journey. Bless you. (laughs) Who are planning on starting this journey at some point or in this journey, or maybe have gone through this journey and are looking for Um, I don't know, any tips or or tricks on how to do it differently next time, how to relieve some stress, how to relieve some of that pressure. Um, And that's pretty much the inspiration behind this episode. Catherine just wanted to give it to y'all straight on. So that's the way we're approaching it. I tried to ask the questions. I tried to, you know, get some doctored responses. I even this morning, I think, said, uh, what happens if I say something that you don't like? And she said, it's live. So Here we are. Yeah, we have no notes. I just screenshot some questions, but literally, usually I prepare like a couple of um, uh, bullet points, but I was like, Brennan, just let's be ourselves, okay? If we we get annoyed at each other on this episode, like it's going to be more realistic, okay? Okay. Okay. Um, The most important question that I have for you is, am I getting a push present? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> wow, on the spot. And and you even made me raise my volume. I'm like backing up from the mic. Of course you're getting a push present. <laughs> okay, good. Of course you're getting a push present. I deserve present. it, bitch. Yeah, okay. been, this girl has been working so hard. So like just to just to take a little liberty here since this is a podcast episode that I get to talk on. I swear to God, Leah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we, we push record and now both dogs are flipping out. I'm just going to open the door a little go bit. Go open okay. the door. Okay. You know what? Go open the door. Um, I told you, this is going to be real life. I'm like, Brennan, we're not pausing. We're not editing. We're not changing anything. We have a dog that loves to sunbathe and she is just, she has a doorbell that she rings. But the thing is, is that we unplug the doorbell. And yes, you can train your dog to ring a doorbell. It's very smart, actually, I think, especially if you live in a, uh, apartment or a house where you don't have like a doggy door and the dog doesn't have like free range to go outside and you have to kind of control that. Um, 
Actually, but, this, this wasn't even on the menu, but we, we Catherine found on TikTok during the pandemic, I think it was Bunny, everyone right? Everyone knows Bunny. Bunny from Fluid Pet, right? And learned how to talk. And so we got these actually not for our dogs, ironically, but for Catherine's mom's dogs. And um, we got them. And then Catherine's mom was basically like, Snape doesn't care about these. And so she gave them back to us. No, but apparently and, Leia was pushing all the buttons. But Leia, Leia, and it's funny because our two dogs, as you guys, I think probably do know, you know, we have a girl who's two and a half named Leia, and we have a boy who's just over a year named Zeus, and so we call them Leia or Leica and Zeus or Zeusy, and um, Zeusy's not too interested in these in these pet devices. However, Leia knows, and I I have them right in front of me because I took them away from Leia so that she wouldn't actually. Uh, you know, click them during. But just for you guys, you can hear we have our our potty button. Potty. We have our hungry button. Okay, yeah. but that's gonna. We, have, we shouldn't have pushed that. And we have our bye bye button, and then we also have daddy and and mama. So, okay, yeah. okay. Speaking of pregnancy, let's get, let's get back on track here. <laughs> this is how Brenda and I work. We just we just go off track somewhere. Um, okay, where do we want to start? Um, let's start from the beginning. Okay, let's go back to August of 2020 because I think this is where kind of that conflict oh started between us, oh where boy. we had our first disagreement when it came to pregnancy. It was long before I got pregnant, over a year before I got pregnant. In August of 2020, I was, Brennan was God knows where, the gym somewhere. He, we live very, so, (laughs) so much I can say about this. Speaking of tangents. (laughs) Speaking of tangents, Brennan and I are very different people, but we're also the same at the exact same time. And we are totally, someone asked, are you guys like yin and yang? Are you guys like soulmates or twin flames? And I'm like, we are twin flames all the way. We trigger the shit out of each other. We're so similar. I know we're together every single lifetime to teach each other many lessons and we're we're so obsessed and in love with each other and we sign up for the challenge every single freaking lifetime. Yeah. But um I'm very much a homebody. Brennan has to like go out and about. He was out and about somewhere, probably working at a cafe. And I remember going on YouTube, it was August of 2020, I'll never forget, one particular day, wasn't even an overnight transformation, it wasn't like something I woke up with, you guys, it was something that went from like, let's pretend it's 4.49pm, at uh, 4.50pm, I had a new insight, a new outlook, baby fever just sparked within me. And I was on YouTube, um, just, no, I like, oh, I like turn on the TV, and I went on YouTube, and I typed in births, I think, or like whatever keyword I typed in. I don't even remember because I now type in very specific keywords like positive, unmedicated, home birth, because that's the the vibe I'm going for, right? And I just had this thought cross my mind of like, okay, I have to prepare myself for birth. And I'm like, what? What? And Brenda and I always had that we always had this plan, babe, that when I'm 30 years old yes. or 29 about to turn 30, yes. that's when we're going to start start our conception journey. Right. I don't call it trying for a baby. I call it conceiving for a baby. Yeah. Um, read or listen to my, very, my um, podcast on how I manifested my first pregnancy on how important language is around that. But I never called it trying, and you know that. Yeah. And so um, we had this plan. And at the time, I and was. We talked about it for a long time before. Like it was like, I, I, 
you know, we script a lot in our lives. Uh, yeah. I, and, but, but also we script without, without attachment, without expectation. So like, there's a lot that happens in our life. Like, for example, you guys know the story of our current apartment and how Catherine saw it during her journey, thought it was a house with a view of downtown. Well, it just so happened ironically now we're ready for a house but you know we have that view from her vision in this apartment and um uh, so we script a lot of things in our life but we scripted our our little french bulldogs we knew that we were going to have two french bulldogs we knew one of them was going to be named leia yeah we knew their names we didn't well we didn't name zeus did we i think we named leia we We didn't think we're getting zeus exactly we didn't exactly that added a that was during pregnancy so we can go into that that added a whole level (laughs) of what the fuck to this journey because zeus is not as easy as leia (laughs) but we were very much on the same page like i always knew i wanted to be a dad i always knew i wanted kids i i actually ironically i wasn't as sure Catherine was as convinced, but we always had talked about it together. Like I wasn't, I, I, it, the irony is <laughs> I felt more firm in my conviction about, about it and when than then I perceived again, not new, but perceived Catherine to be. So we had kind of this unsaid agreement, if you will, this, this contractual, uh, uh, theory of the timeline, <laughs> but then we get to August, 2020 and yeah. And I, uh, how old am I? I'm like 27, about to turn 28. So I'm two years ahead of schedule and Brennan comes home and I look at him and I'm like, I'm ready for a baby. And what was I'm, your reaction? I, I mean, if I was carrying groceries, let's just call them proverbial groceries. Um, I threw them everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that didn't go too well. And the thing is, is that but not that it didn't go too well. I mean, I obviously – it wasn't like it was a – it wasn't a fight or an argument. It was just – Not initially. Because, it was not, Because yeah. I was like, you know what? Maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. I don't know yeah. where this is coming from. Let me just – who knows? I'm going to wake up tomorrow and be like, uh, was I high? Was I like what, – what was happening yesterday? Right. So the thing is is that it only grew stronger from there. Right. Um, And I think after about a month, like September, October – was when I start asking him, like, can we make a baby? Can we make a baby? It was like literally every night, you guys. It got to the point where I started crying because I could feel like I was already pregnant. Yeah. I already knew. I've recorded some episodes. Uh, again, I did zero prep work for this episode, so I don't remember what number it is. But if you've been a longtime listener, you know that I've downloaded a ton of information around my very first child. Excuse me. I burp a lot nowadays. Too bad. You're going to have to hear it. (laughs) I might take a pee break in the middle of this podcast episode. Things are a little bit different. Our due date is literally tomorrow. So I'm very, very pregnant right now. Um, And uh, what was I saying? You were saying. um, Oh, I yeah. I downloaded a ton of information around our child. And I can just feel him. I get to feel him. If you've read the book Spirit Babies, which I recommend for every single person, please read the book Spirit Babies. If you have any interest in children whatsoever of calling in your child, calling in your baby, um, regardless of how they come to you, it's such a powerful book. And I could just feel this soul with me. And I remember being like uh, having this insane, intense urge to bring him into our reality into our space, but <laughs> that didn't work out quite well for Brennan. Bum, bum, bum. And also at the same time, I mean, I wasn't really sure of like, is this the right time? I, I guess at some point I didn't care about the timing because I just felt like I had to do it. And that's when that first conflict came in where you and I 
just vehemently disagreed with each other around timing with a baby. And you just told me, hey, Catherine, I am not ready. And I think that was one of the hardest things that I've ever heard. Zeus, uh-uh, no. Babe, get him. I'm going to keep talking. Brendan's going to grab Zeus. We're going we're gonna to control control the living room situation. We're going to control the uncontrollable. <laughs> we're going to control the uncontrollable. So... Um, I don't, I just remember it was about like two months of going back and forth, me crying, being disappointed, you being frustrated because you're like, where is this coming from? And then we somehow made this agreement. I think I asked you, I'm like, how long do you need to be ready? And did you like, did you say April of the following year? That was like, I don't know what exactly I said. I don't know exactly. Sorry guys. Um, I don't. I don't know exactly what I said, but I know that like, and of course, Catherine, I have different interpretations and memories of all of this, but for me, I was at a place where like we were in the middle of the pandemic, right? So there was a lot of uncertainty, but I will say to our credit, Catherine and I created a lot more certainty in our life than I think I saw in many others around, like we still found things that gave us certainty, that gave us variety. We changed things up. We explored, you know, we did do a lot of traveling during the pandemic. Um, And so there was definitely a lot like, but life still wasn't normal because those, those longtime listeners know that like before the pandemic, Catherine and I were on the road a lot, like on the road, we were traveling, we were at conferences, we were in masterminds, we were doing events and all these different things. And so I, I had a little trepidation because for me, I was wondering, is this just baby fever? Like, is this us just trying to fill a void that we are Mm -hmm. not understanding or interpreting with a baby? And I had to go through that too. I had to ask myself, am I filling in a void because I'm bored or something? Right. And so for me, it wasn't, it was, it was like, it, I, I always think about like, and is a really powerful word. And so oftentimes when I feel strongly about something, I, I have to get to a place where I can say, no, I'm not ready. And I'm looking inside for what I need to be ready Mm. because for Catherine, it wasn't like I wanted to, or, or, or even, I mean, I didn't desire to reject her desire for baby. Like this is the woman that I love. This is the woman that I married. This is the most beautiful soul, uh, this pillar in my life. And I wanted her to have that. And remember guys, I always wanted to be a dad, but it didn't feel in alignment with me at that moment. And as Catherine spoke about how hard it was for her, it was also hard for me because to say I'm not ready and know that that's going to hurt the person you care about and like crush them on the, uh, on the short term. But knowing that that time to process in the medium and long term would make it worth it. Yeah, that really hurt me, um, of course. And at the same time, like I, fun fact, I'm a green card baby. <laughs> my father, if you heard on my mother's podcast episode, she's amazing. We did like a whole my mom's life story episode. Which it's a must listen. We need to bring back my mom. It's a must honest. listen. I mean, we like if you think you've heard it all, it's like. 10% of her story. Um, and of course, there's a lot of things that even I don't know and I'm afraid to get into because it's just, whoa, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, but my dad, <laughs> he 
learned from, you know, friends of friends that this girl at his uh, college is planning on moving to the United States. And my dad was like, I've always wanted to go to the U.S. And so he took on this opportunity of basically making my mom fall in love with him. And uh, they got married. And then my dad bribed a doctor, true story, to tell my mom, like, to write this, like, letter or whatever, whatever, however manifested, that my dad is sterile and can't ever have kids. And so my mom's like, okay. My mom was, like, 18 at the time. Um, And uh, so that they would have unprotected sex. And I think I was conceived on the wedding night or, like, Mm -hmm. a few days later or something Mm -hmm. like that. Um. And yeah, and then my, of course that like entrapped my mom and my mom couldn't leave the country without taking my dad with her <laughs> because they have a baby. And so growing up with just a very unstable father presence um and of course, you know, uh, you know, at some point my mom remarried and I had more of a stable father figure in my life, but even then it's it, you know, most of my childhood just felt very like unstable, uncertain. I felt very unloved and unwanted by a male figure, by my father. And I set the standard for myself that I'm going to find the absolute best dad for my children. I will not settle. Absolutely will not settle. And so if my partner, my husband isn't ready to have a child, there's no effing way. I don't care how bad it hurts me. There's no effing way that we're going to bring a baby into the world because I am not carrying on that energy into this child no matter what. And so I just, I don't remember the exact conversation, but I remember us being like, let's revisit this in April after my birthday, after my 32nd birthday of 2021. And I was like, done, sold, okay, whatever. Of course, still hurt, still really wanted a baby. The baby fever was very strong. I remember even our anniversary in January in Cabo San Lucas, just being like, can we make a baby? Can we make a baby? Please, 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 please. And Brennan kept saying no. And I'm like, okay, fine. Um, And then I started working on Manifestation Babe Academy. So if you've taken my 20-week-long Manifestation Babe Academy, I started building it in January of 2021. And I found that the deeper and deeper I went into it, uh, the less baby fever I had all of a sudden. Because I realized once we got around to April, April, I would say, was like the halfway mark or more so like the two-thirds mark of me really putting this program out into the world. And I already had students and they were waiting every, like, if you've been in that first round, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And so there's like a whole schedule and I was delivering content every single week. I was so busy. I was working 12 hour days every single day, just like making all the meditations and hypnoses and workbooks and this and that, and like thinking through the exact content that I want to put out into the world. It kept me so busy it felt like my baby. And so April came around and I was just like, you know what? I don't have baby fever anymore. This is my baby. Manifestation Baby Academy is my baby. And that was a very interesting experience. And I've actually talked to a few women since then, a few female friends, and they shared the exact same thing. Like when they're deep into like an entrepreneurial project of some sort, um, when it, you know, while feet, while feeling baby fever, the baby fever goes away until the project's done because they're pregnant with the project. And once they birth it, they're like, okay, 
next thing. Because regardless of like a feminine core, whether they have children or not, they're constantly birthing things out into the world. Like we have a portal to the universe through our wombs. And so that doesn't, it's not just created for babies. It's created for projects. It's created for love. It's created for just whatever businesses, like whatever you want to create, like you are the source of life. Um, and so that was me, you know, being the source of life, but in a different way. And then we went to Greece and the baby fever came back. And I remember being like, what if we got pregnant on this trip? And then I was like, no, 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 not yet. Okay. Maybe, maybe we should do it. And then we started getting our team involved. And by team, I mean, exec team. And by exec team, I mean, Londa. Hey, Londa. Shout out Londa. We started talking to her about like our timelines, because of course, having a baby impacts the business. And so um, we started involving her and we started talking about like potential timelines and dates. Like if we conceive by this date, how would our launches look? When would we finish programs? <laughs> like we got really technical with it. And I think by this point is when you started to be ready for it. Well, right? I want to, I want to loop back if you don't mind just okay, for a loop second. Back. I want to loop back because I don't know if it's going to come up later on. And so what I just want to say is, you know, when Catherine first had baby, baby fever, and I put my foot down, we missed a really subsident conversation in this conversation that happened. And, you know, oftentimes Catherine has talked about how much freedom that I have. And it's, it's remarkable. I mean, you want to own your man. He has to earn the freedom. He has to earn your respect. He has to earn your trust. But once he has trust and your respect and he hasn't broken it and he's grown it, the, the only way to own him is to give him freedom because if he's the true man, if he's the person that, that wants you in his life, he will not risk it. And, um, you know, for me, I, I think Catherine has given me so much freedom, but the biggest thing for, for me in this journey was a conversation. I don't know if it was multiple conversations or, or what it was, but it was when I said, I'm not ready Catherine didn't say, didn't attack me or say something's wrong with me. It hurt her. We had some, some fights. We had some challenging conversations, but eventually she got to the place where she could say, okay, what would it take for you to be ready? And that is a huge, huge point for me because it allowed me to express my fear, my, my, my feeling of, in, of, of, of lacking preparedness of not being sure of a timeline of being fearful of being a good dad and being a great husband. And all she allowed me the space to say, Brennan, what would it take for you to be ready? And I didn't have an answer in that moment. But it allowed me to think about it. It allowed me to actually have a voice and have a stand. And I, I remember saying to her in many ways, I don't know, but I know I need time. And then the – so she could have also had taken an opportunity there to be like, well, that's a bad answer. But instead she said, okay, well, how much time do you need? Mm -hmm. So do you see there's an open-ended – there's an openness here. It's not forcing me in because if, if I felt forced in, I would resent this whole process. And I'm setting the stage for the, for the end, which is by Catherine giving me the time, ironically, when April rolled around, Catherine wasn't ready because she had just birthed MBA and was feeling very satisfied with many things. But that gave me the time mm -hmm. to come around. And I felt like my wife didn't force me into something. 
I felt like my wife listened to me. She trusted me. She respected me. I felt heard. And I was able to get myself to a place that said, if now, then when? Like, you know, like there's trade-offs. If you have a kid at 18, it's incredibly hard, especially a lot of the circumstances that can come from having children really early. Or maybe you have children really late and that comes with its own set of challenges and, and benefits. You know, we're, we're oftentimes uh, trading uh, security uh, uh, for, for age in many ways, right? Like sometimes if you're older, you have more security. You may have, maybe you have a house, maybe you have a great job, but you're also older. So maybe it's harder, like with the son to like my old man used to take, take, I used to throw baseballs at him and he had like full catcher's gear because I would throw it in the ground and my old man would just catch it for hours at the park. But like, if you're 70 or 75, that can be harder. The point that I'm making with all that is you know, there's always pros and cons to each thing. And for me, it was, I just had to reconcile in my own process, in my own work, that it wasn't being forced on me, that I could have chosen to do it earlier, that I could have chosen to do it later, and that I could have chosen to do it now. But it was the respect, that ability of Catherine to give me that 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 divine sacred space to do my own work around it that allowed me to be prepared. And then when April rolled around, I was ready. I mean, I was fearful, I was nervous, but I was ready, right? I was unsure, but I was ready. Let's be honest, three weeks ago, Brennan's like, I'm nervous, I'm scared. I've been nervous the <laughs> whole time. And if there's any guys out there or dads out there, I want you to know that like you are not alone at all. I am in the same boat. I know I'll be a great dad. I know I am a great husband and I'll become a better husband and an even better dad. And I'm shit terrified, excuse my French, because I don't know anything. And that's just part of this process and part of it. Catherine and I have been talking a lot about the resiliency of humans is determined by our ability to sit in discomfort or sit in the proverbial shit and not stress out, not run away, but to just sit and understand that it's okay and to learn from sitting in that discomfort, that stress, that uncertainty, that whatever. And so to any dads out there, like I'm with you, man. I know the moms go through it a lot and dads don't talk about it, mm-hmm. but like uh, it's, it is real. Uh, the, the, the fear, the uncertainty. And I, I feel like it's just important to say that it's okay to feel that it's okay to express that. Um, and you know, moms do all the work. Moms do all the work. They carry all of the joy and all of the burden and they carry all of it. And (laughs) again, back to the ands and you do work as well. Mm -hmm. They're not comparable. It's not women do 99%, men do 1%. The woman does 100% of her role, which is extraordinary beyond measure. And the man has 100% of his role to do, which is extraordinary beyond measure in his own terms. They're not comparable. I think you bring up such a great point, And thank you so much for that because um, it's going to be a common theme <laughs> that we're going to bring up a million times during this podcast episode of the, especially like how we learn to communicate with each other. And when certain communication was appropriate and when certain communication was not appropriate. And, you know, in this case, the communication of like, okay, what do you need? Like, what are your unmet needs? I think that's like a huge question that Brennan and I constantly ask each other, which I want to, we're getting a little ahead of here, but um, one thing that really helped us throughout this pregnancy 
is like when we're arguing or fighting or we're stressed out, we look at each other and we're like, okay, this is a surface. This is all bubbling at the surface, but what's at the root? What's the root cause? What is your unmet need? Like, where is your unmet need that is being covered by all this frustration that is being covered by the anger that is being covered by the rage, the blowups, like something is bubbling underneath the surface. So let's go to the root. And that can only be discovered by two parties being willing to communicate with one another. But let's go back to the story real quick. So um, summer rolls around, my baby fever is back, but then I want to go to a very specific location in the world that I have no desire to go to while pregnant. Cause it's just a lot on my body without pregnancy and it's very far away. And I just don't want to travel there with an infant or a small child either, which was going to Rwanda to go gorilla trekking, which you can't do until you're 14 years old anyway. So when it makes sense to bring our kids and then going to an African safari. And I remember we made our official plan that we'd go to Africa, Rwanda and Kenya in this case, and then we would conceive our little baby. Yep. And that trip was every bit worth the patience on the baby front. Catherine and I, it was a lifelong dream for both of us, really for Catherine. I I, I find a lot of things that like my lifelong dreams are kind of post. Like I don't even know things exist in their beauty, the beauty of their magnitude until Catherine introduces me to them. <laughs> but um, am I a trendsetter in this you relationship? Are, you are. So that, that actually, I just want to go ahead and plug since there's so many people that listen on the podcast that are just finding Instagram or TikTok. But Catherine and uh, is actually has a YouTube channel um, that's not under Manifestation Babe. It's just spelled her name, Catherine Zenkina. So K A T H R I N Zenkina. I think we can probably have our team include this in the show notes. But um, we do show that whole gorilla trekking trip as well as the first part of our Kenya trip. And there's going to be a second part popping out soon. But that was really uh, the holdup for us um, was <laughs> we were ready to go. I think we were ready to go on all cylinders at that point. Yeah. It was like that was the final. That was the baby moon part. Yeah. One part negative one. Negative right one. Before. That, was, that yeah. was the baby, baby moon negative one. Yeah. OK. So October rolls around. And we were we were actually taking these specific supplements for um, anti malaria because uh, I didn't want to take anti malarial drugs because the side effects are insane, and I didn't want to put that in my body, especially like you know because here's a here's a hot tip hot tip for you if you're in the conception journey the egg and the sperm that make the baby was created three months prior in your body. So whatever stress you were feeling, whatever supplementation you were taking, however you were treating your body, however you were feeding your body, um, is what that egg and sperm is made of. So for example, if you were super unhealthy or going through a really stressful time three months ago, you might think, oh, it didn't happen this month because of this month, but it's actually something from three months ago. And so I just wanted to like detox our bodies first and foremost, but also know that the egg and the sperm that we're going to make this baby was before these supplements anyway. But for some reason, I just wanted to detox. But we came home and like right away, I was like, no, 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 I want to start trying now. Like I had no patience whatsoever. And oh shit, I said trying, conceiving, conceiving now. And um, men have a different name for it. I think we like may have missed the, I think we may have missed ovulation 
or, or I think I strongly, strongly think that I did get pregnant, but it was like a chemical pregnancy because I felt in my soul that I was pregnant and then I ended up not being pregnant. Then the following month, <laughs> uh, I bought this device. Well, I don't want to go into all this because I have a whole episode on how I manifested my first pregnancy. You know, you can know exactly what what supplements I was taking, who I was working with, what book I read, what whatever. Okay, it's all there. All the tips are there. We're just talking about a relationship in this episode. I have to keep myself on track. Um, and then voila, uh, what was it? November nineteenth. We were in St. Martin. Damn, she's got that. That you got that date. I got. Oh, I got to know that date. Brennan's in trouble. <laughs> November nineteenth. Add that one to the calendar. <laughs> and the, Brennan's in trouble with his dates and times, but it's okay. I. I literally like like a literal timeline. You know when they show like historical timelines. And they have like this line with like events. That's literally how my brain works. I can just pull out exact dates and exact moments of like when something happened, even if it was five years ago. It's like insane. Anyway, so um, we found out we were pregnant. Uh-huh. And I want to say the first couple weeks were just super exciting because we're announcing it to our family, to our friends. We were getting ready for our first, first ultrasound. The hormones haven't really hit yet. Oh, right, it was, it was and then one day, the hormones <sighs> fucking hit. Oh my god! And I was nauseous, hated everything, called food like everything in my fridge, disgusting. Everything on Postmates, disgusting. Everything on Uber Eats, disgusting. Like everything was disgusting, and I cried literally every single day for eight hours a day. It was nonstop. I thought I was stuck like that. I thought that it would never change. And of course, that impacted our relationship. A lot. And I want to say first trimester was honestly hell for the both of us. Yes. It was like three months of nonstop, just being dead honest. Bickering. Nonstop bickering, nonstop fighting, nonstop crying, yes. <laughs> nonstop stress. Yes. Um. It was hard. It was really hard. And I think, you know. Um, uh, oh, and we got a puppy at the same time. This yeah, is what added to our stress. Yeah, that's Because true. genius Brennan and Catherine, sorry if you can hear our coffee machine cleaning itself and turning off. I always forget this. And then I do something in the living room. I'm like, sorry, guys, it's not a robot. It's a coffee machine. Um, we decided to get a puppy at the same time. So our puppy came into our lives when I was around Actually, it was more towards the end of first trimester, yes. but it really extended first trimester because our puppy, we just got him. He ended up getting sick a couple of times. My grandma fed him something. He had like bloody diarrhea. And at the same time, I'm nauseous and I can't clean it up because I'm going to fucking throw up over it. Like, and, and Brennan and I would get frustrated. Brennan's not home. Brennan's not doing enough. Brennan's not helping. Blah, 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 blah. We were hiring. It, we almost hired a personal assistant. We were at the very last step with a personal assistant. Then it fell through at the last fucking minute. Yeah. And I was exhausted from doing laundry, from cleaning, from running a business, from stressing, nauseous, just everything, a fucking mess. Yeah, it was rough. It was yeah. really rough. And and uh, you know, it, as hard as it was for Catherine, I think again, you can't compare the the female experience with the male experience. But I I will just say, if there's any guys out there listening, I think the hardest part for me, and we've talked a lot about this in the later stages, is like 
your wife or girlfriend, like your baby mama, <laughs> they change. They're changed. They're changing, and they've changed. And like, it is not the same woman. But that's really important distinction is that it's hard because you don't see the changes necessarily. Like now, Catherine is ten months pregnant. Like her bump is bumping. Like she is. <laughs> Got a a good Chevy excuse. Impala with like four twelves in the back going down Santa Monica Boulevard these days. She is bumping. But in first trimester, when she was one or two or three months, it was not really that noticeable. And so even though it was noticeable for me. It was noticeable for her. So she's already connected to this baby from the moment of conception or the awareness of conception. Well, two years prior, it, apparently. It changes, or a year prior. It changes for the woman, right? But for as a man. You're looking at the same, uh, generally speaking, physique. You're trying to intellectually or, you know, um, psychologically connect uh, with this baby, but you don't see it. You can't feel it. And so that was really hard for us and, and, and frankly, really hard for me. And I, I know now what I know there are, I mean, there's always things I, I wish I don't live with regret, but there are things I wish I could have done differently. I, I think there are things I think, um, for me, you know, just the awareness of it's not a free, get out of jail free card to just rip your hubby apart, but like <laughs> you got to lift your threshold as a man, meaning like if something rude is said or some behavior that you don't like is you exhibited, you have to not step into your boy energy and respond to that, but instead increase your tolerance a little bit. That doesn't mean you can't stand up for yourself in an appropriate manner and, 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 you know, let someone else know, let your partner know what, you know, what, how they, how you feel or what is appropriate or what you don't feel is appropriate or, you know, how, how that, that makes you want to spend time. I mean, it's a, this is a, this is a dance. Pregnancy is a dance between the male and, and the female. But I would just say, you know, my advice to anyone that's going through this process is just like, you have to not expect patients to just come into your body. You have to decide to add patience to your body. Go to the cupboard, grab that little bottle of patience, shake a little bit in, go grab another little shaker cup of, of, of bliss and a little bit of grace and pour them in your coffee and just drink it every morning. And, <laughs> and that's something that like, you know, vulnerably, like I learned, I, I did not necessarily exhibit as much as now I wish I had, but I feel comfortable telling that n not really, not really just to you guys, but really yeah, saying that to my wife, honest like this, to my wife, yeah. like, uh, you know, to Catherine, I, I wish Without regret, I wish that there are there are some things that I learned that I look forward to doing differently in the next run. And a huge part of that is in trimester one because for me, I didn't feel the baby yet. And so I felt like sometimes the hormones were like rude or mean or bitchy or unnecessary or completely out of scale. And I feel like that for me just – it wasn't that I was only out of touch it's only that I didn't add a little bit more grace and, and it's not appreciation. It's not appreciation or gratitude. The moment your wife is, or your, or your baby mama is pregnant, you're going to feel gratitude and you're going to be so appreciative, but it's that grace and that patience 
that I think sprinkling just a little bit more into your daily dosage is a really valuable takeaway. This is where Ben and I had to remember, and we've been reminding each other since, um, and this has been tremendous in improving our relationship from the moment we learn this skill set, because everything can be learned. No one is born and knows how to be an incredible partner. Like (laughs) you learn this over your lifetime. You learn this on the fly. You learn this through the hard times. You learn this through the challenges. It's not just something that inherently comes to you, especially if your parents never taught you this. If you've never seen your parents model this, of course you have to learn this. So please don't think that you're like messed up or it's too late or anything like that. Like I remember in first trimester really stressing out because I had a lot of womb trauma and I was terrified of passing on stress to my fetus at the time, really. I didn't connect to him as a baby yet, but I was just like this tiny little thing that's growing. That's going to be a baby very soon. That's going to have like arms and legs and kick me. And I can just, I mean, obviously I connect with the soul, you guys, I'm kind of seeing it as two separate things, but I just like energetically didn't want to pass on the stress to my baby. And so I would cry even harder. I would like, are you filming me? I'm literally naked. Brendan's like literally taking a clip and like, I, I understand why. I want a memento of, but of my wife. I, at some point I got hot, you guys. And I literally took my robe off. I'm just sitting here butt ass naked in front of Brendan <laughs> recording this episode. I couldn't, I couldn't resist. I realized that like, this is the funniest clip ever. All we got to do is blur out some, That's but this true. is like we the can, funniest, can... this is like the funniest thing ever. Okay. So I had to learn to give myself grace for, you know, feeling what I'm feeling, but going back to what Brennan and I learned. So in 2019, October, 2019, you and I went to a Tony Robbins event, which was all about relationships. And Tony was mostly speaking to the men and it revolutionized our relationship. He taught men or male energy people that the feminine or females or women really need to vent. Yes. And vent without any kind of help, any kind of solution being given to them, any kind of fixing, any kind of advice or any kind of reaction or response. Like we just need to be hormonal and to be moody and to fucking throw a t-shirt at the door or whatever we got to do and not have any response around it and just let the man hold us in this container of like, there's nothing you can do that would make me stop loving you. And from that moment, I remember- And gentlemen- that shit is hard. It's not in your nature. It's not in our nature. The masculine wants to fix yes. all the time. Yes. But what the masculine needs to learn also that it just doesn't come naturally is that the feminine needs to release and let go and let things flow through because I'm telling you, those eight-hour crying sessions were coming from me not being heard or understood. And so it only magnify, like, of course we're talking hormonal, right? But we're also talking like that just moodiness from not being understood, that frustration, that anger, that disappointment, that range, that range, rage that we feel when we're not being just heard. It's not even listened to. It's like heard, right? And so um, that once we start implementing towards the end of the first trimester, we didn't do this 
earlier on, because here's the thing, I'm just as responsible. And this is what I want to remind all my female listeners out there. Like you are just as responsible of reminding your partner of how you need to be heard and listened to. And like, Hey, I need to vent as they are to remember to do those things. That's so So, beautiful and honest and on point. And one of the reasons that Catherine and I, I see people F this up so much, honestly, they, they're like, well, he should do this. Well, she should do this. And they never communicate. They never say what they need. And to Catherine's credit, so many times in our relationship, and she's taught me this, and now we both are really vocal about what we need. We are not afraid of the optics of saying what you need for whatever reason, because when you say what you need, your partner has an opportunity to do or to do not. There is no in between. And so it's once, once you express a need, the onus is on the other person to either accept or reject that need and you know, hopefully accept it. But I just see so many people, they get caught up in that like that reactivity or like the, you know, just, just the expecting just being like, right. why didn't he hold the door open for me? Or why did he hold the door open for me? Or why didn't he pay? Or why did he pay? Or all those like dating nuances. And it, if you want sex a certain way, you got to ask for it. If you want, like, for example, I tell Catherine all the time. Or that what your love language is. Love language is every, it's like, I don't need to, I, I, I'm going to make a joke right now, but like Catherine sometimes perceives my needs even incorrectly. And I'll be like, listen, if you're not feeling it, just plant a a kiss on me that makes me, my world stop and touch my head. And that is all that I need for a while. Like men can run on like on, on, on pretty low fuel for a while. Like we can. And I I only bring up all of this because it all goes back to our core takeaway, which is communication. We are both a hundred percent accountable for our communication. It doesn't mean we always get it right. It doesn't mean we don't fight. It doesn't mean we don't make mistakes. It doesn't mean that, you know, everything is perfect and peachy and beautiful, but we are able to not only, um, uh, continue to love each other harder and deeper, but really we are evolving as a team, as a partners, as a couple, as lovers, as, as twin flames, we're, we're evolving because we don't shy away from the hard conversations. When Catherine needs something, she tells me regardless of how much it sucks oh, or how great out. it is and vice versa. <laughs> if you're, you know, having a tantrum, which has happened, you know, I'll be like, listen, that's not a tantrum that I'm willing to accept. I accept you. I love you. It's okay. But this is how this made me feel. And this is what my board, my, my, my red line is. Mm-hmm. And we communicate. And then I would tell you, Hey, Brennan, don't take this tantrum seriously. I just need it to pass through. Like, just let it happen. And that's what I, that's the point that I forgot is that instead of going from eight hours of crying because I'm resisting or being resisted, when Brennan creates a container where I can just see something and cry or just look at him and snap at him for just two seconds. Like if he just lets it kind of happen and understands that that's like the hormones talking, that's the moodiness, that's the pregnancy, right? It has nothing. That's not actually who Catherine is. It will literally last two minutes. 
Like I get over it in two minutes and then you and I are completely normal. Can I give an analogy for this? Go for it. It reminds me of lifting weights. We've all heard, you know, the Arnold Schwarzenegger, like it's the pump, the, the pump, right? Like the pump doesn't feel great. It hurts, right? If you're really working out hard at the end of each set or at the end of your workout, your muscles hurt. So, but it's the practice. So as you practice, they get stronger. You can go longer. You can go a heavier weight. You're growing, you're evolving. You're seeing that progress. Well, the same thing is true for men with venting. This is like the 11th, 12th rep or the 14th, 15th or the 20th rep on doing a bicep at the end of a workout. Your muscle is telling you, put this shit down, go to the locker room, get changed, get out of here. This is so painful. This sucks. But that's because venting is unnatural to us. We want to fix it. We want to, we don't want our partner to feel that way. We want to fix it. We want to change it. We want to eliminate it. It's an enemy. It's a threat. We are the provider. We're the protector. You know, like we got to nip this in the bud and get rid of it. And, and the truth is, is that that is not what they are even looking for. Not only is it not what they need, it's not what women are looking for in those venting situations. And so just like at the end of that workout where your muscle is telling you, oh, this sucks. It hurts so bad. Go home. You have to sit in that vent and say, wow. And, and how did that make you feel? <laughs> oh, man, I'm so sorry. And, yeah, and what did validation. that bring up for you? The validation <laughs> is key. And I have another tip for you, ladies is that once he does this correctly and that emotion, that feeling, that mood passes through, immediately anchor it in. And I started thinking, Brennan, I say, thank you so much. Like, thank you so much for just letting that go. Like, thank you so much for just letting that happen. Uh, sorry for snapping at you. Like, thank you so much for not letting that affect you or affect our whole day. Like, thank you for letting me just be in that moment. And it just kept anchoring it in and anchoring it in and anchoring it in. And I want to say when we got into second trimester, that was like a freaking honeymoon all over again. Like, of course, hormonally, your placenta comes in around this time and it takes on a lot of that load from your bloodstream. Um, and you know, the placenta is now responsible for a lot of that, like hormonal transfer between you and baby. And so you feel a lot better. In fact, I would always forget I'm pregnant in the second trimester until I started showing and it was a dream. And then third trimester came in and I would say that we had, uh, hormonal shifts again, a resurgence, a resurgence of hormonal shifts where we had to practice this and we're by no means perfect. Absolutely not. Brent and I didn't necessarily like just learn this in the first trimester and then the resurgence, you know, we didn't have like no more bickering. Like we knew exactly what to do. We had to remember what we did at the end of the first trimester that actually made us go over that hump to the other side and come closer together, which is what inspired us to sit down and record this episode because I'm like, okay, holy shit. It happened again. We got through it very quickly. The last couple of weeks have been amazing. Um, we need to sit down, record an episode and just share what we learned and share our tips. Of course, not from a place of like our relationship is perfect. And this is really funny. Our relationship does this weird thing to people on social media. I don't know what is going on, you guys, but um, literally like I would say there's like two types of messages that yes. we would get from people. Number one is people see mine and Brennan's relationship as like goals, perfection, amazing, right? Pedestaled, glorified. Pedest yes. And it's so 
And they always ask, like, do you ever fight? Do you ever this? And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, yes, of course. We're normal freaking human beings. And we and, and we work in business together and we live together yeah. and we spend all of our waking yeah. hours together and, 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 and. And we love the fuck out of each other, obsessed with each other. I think Brennan's the most amazing human I've ever met. Mm. The most incredible man. Like I am just so lucky to have him as, as a husband. So lucky to have him as the father of my almost baby about to come out very soon. Hello, baby boy. Are you in there? Like you hear that? <laughs> Due date is tomorrow. So just an incredible fucking partner. Right. Um, but of course you guys here, like we're being dead honest. Like, do we fight? Yes. Do we argue? Yes. Do we bicker? Yes. Does he annoy the fuck out of me? Yes. Do I like literally want him kicked out of my house for like three days? Yes. Do I then want him back because I miss him? Yes. Like there's ups and downs. This is a fucking relationship. This is not like, you know, like if you're, I don't know. I feel like even living alone would be challenging too, like with yourself, you know, like there's going to be battles in every relationship you have, whether it's a relationship with yourself, with, uh, with other people, with friends, with money, with sex, like we're in relationship with absolutely everything in this universe. And that's, that's the whole point of it all. Like that's the point of the 3d world. Right. But there's this like other side where people project their weirdest traumas onto us, where they literally will send me DMs and be like, oh my God, uh, I, I like, Catherine, you're not even noticing. Look at how abusive he is to you. He talks <laughs> over you. He this, he that. Like someone went on a fucking rampage. Pass me the mic, baby. No, no, no. Hold on. Let me just give some context. Brendan was like, Catherine, someone's going on a fucking rampage in your Facebook group. And I'm like, what are you talking about? (laughs) And I go and open up this thread. And it's literally from that episode of Brendan fainting, passing out in Greece, like not his fault at all. No, my fault. No, my fault. Your fault. My fault. But it's not like you purposely were being irresponsible. Yeah, exactly. The way that this woman was talking about you. Exactly, exactly. And she was like, I just think that Brennan uh, is so irresponsible. He's like the worst partner for Catherine. I wish she would find someone that's that's more, um, that's richer and smarter than Brennan. And better looking. And he gives me Brittany Murphy vibes. And Catherine and her mom are codependent and they have this weird codependency on Brent. And I'm literally, guys, like, I can't even tell you. We get get DMs like this. Not all the time. I I, I don't want to say it's like the majority at all. They just really stick out in our minds. And I'm like, what the fuck is this person literally talking about? So Anyway, we just want to be real, keep it real, but also share our tips. Uh, there's two more topics. No, no, I, I want to go back to this. Oh, my God. We're, this is going to be like a three-hour episode. That's fine. It's a three-hour episode. We'll cut it in half, okay? It's all good. No, we're going to put out the whole thing. Okay, cool. Well, then they'll listen to three hours. Okay. They're already tired right. of us. Yeah, right. yeah okay. okay. This is the real – this is actually okay. this is actually how we interact yeah. on a daily basis. Um, <laughs> so a few things I wanted to bring up on that front, which is like pedestaling – and glorifying people. Wait, I'm going to pee. So you keep talking. This is your moment. I'll be right back. Okay. Yeah. Have your moment. <laughs> <laughs> the Brennan show. Um, so like, you know, a lot of times people glorify, uh, I think, our us and our relationship. And like we are normal people. We have normal conflicts. And I really wanted to share this because I think – it's extremely vulnerable to say, but Catherine and I both are confident 
in sharing it with each other. And so I'm going to share you a, a, a trick or a tip about something that's safe to have. And that's doubts. Have you ever gone to class and had doubts about how you did, how you do in that class or had doubts about a certain business or project or had doubts about a relationship that ended up being the best thing? Like you have doubt, doubt is part of life. Doubt is a safety mechanism. And there's been times where we have had doubts and it is safe to have them people. It is okay and safe to have doubts about anything in life. And it's that we share and communicate them that matters. And I think what Catherine is really getting to with this, with, with, with these people commenting is it's like, you know, we, we do a lot of psychoanalyzing in, in this line of work. And we think a lot about the different lenses that people are oh, operating through. I psychoanalyze through. the shit out of Brennan every day. Oh, yeah. And right back at you. I'm like, you, this is shadow work that you yep. need to do. I know that this happened in your childhood. Yeah. And you're avoiding feeling this uncomfortable emotion. <laughs> Small bites. Stop wiping your hands. Like, she just uh, psychoanalyzes my whole childhood. Okay, no one's going to understand small okay, bites. Okay? Whatever. But the, the point that I'm making is that we uh, we we cycle in. as a matter of fact Catherine says I'm one of the best coaches now that's ironic because phenomenal coaches I, I I myself don't really like love to coach in in a sense of like a career or a role or a profession but I know Catherine so well I can point out her shadows I can point out her blind spots I can point out the things that she knows that she needs to work on better than anyone and her for me and that's why it works so well but I encourage you if you ha- there's two people here if you're glorifying or pedestaling you are inherently not looking at the areas in your life where you are as good, if not better than those people that you're glorifying or pedestaling. And you're simply ignoring the areas that are good and focusing more on the things that are bad. And if you simply inverse the focus and the energy from where you're actually good, but aren't giving yourself enough credit, and a way like if you balance it, you'll see yourself differently. It's a good thing to focus on our weaknesses because that's how we improve. But if you are not building your own self-confidence by looking up to couple goals or body goals or sex goals or, or kid goals or business goals or boss babe goal, whatever, whatever the goal is, doesn't matter. But look and see where is that reflected as a mirror in your life and 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 are you accurately seeing the good and the bad? Because the good and the bad isn't actually good and bad. The good and the bad is just a perception of what is, right? And so it, by, by, by being honest with where you are, then you can go back in the garden and pull out the weeds in the areas that you want to. Conversely, if you're someone who's just throwing flack, yeah, you. If you're a Twitter troll, if you're on Instagram throwing shade, you, I'm talking to you right now. It's okay. That's just your shadow. But understand that for people that understand the work, that is just your trauma speaking and that's how we interpret it. That yeah. is your experience speaking and that's how we interpret it. So if you pop on and say, damn, Brennan, you gain weight or damn, Brennan, you're not really doing what I think you're capable of. Well, that's okay, great. But I'm not affected by that because I actually know where I'm at in my mind around my body and I know where I am in in my mind around what I want to create in this world. But what I actually interpret that as what Catherine interprets that as is 
where you are feeling like you need a prop up. So if you're feeling like you need a prop up around your body, it's really easy to throw shade at someone else. Just the gradient of that is going to make you feel better. If you're throwing shade at someone else about their relationships, the gradient between the person that you're talking about and you is going to change and you're going to feel a little bit better. But that doesn't actually impact the person that you're talking about. All it's doing is making you feel marginally better, like a little, like a little uh, spike of of a uh, of a drug or of you know some food that dopamine. tastes good to eat. A little dopamine surge. And the truth is, is that for people who aren't, you know, people who are developed and in, in thinking about the psychology of the human mind, I, I, we we laugh because all it means is that there's a part of you that's being triggered by that. Okay, we went off track. This is like turning into life lessons by Brennan. By Catherine. By Brennan. By you. You started it. I go pee and I come back and Brennan's like, wow, very passionate. No, I love it. It's perfect. I just, there's topics that we need to talk about that relate to pregnancy. Well, we told the story for an hour and a half. So now we got to get back to the meat. Okay. So two more, two more big topics, questions. Um, sexy time intimacy uh someone specifically asked intimacy in the third trimester which (laughs) i want to share something very important that has come up in mine and brennan's pregnancy sex life that has impacted it quite negatively to where we can't really talk about it from just a strictly pregnancy standpoint. Mm-hmm. We also have to talk about it from this other perspective. So what I'm talking about is in the second trimester in the Maldives specifically, I had sexual trauma resurface during sex, during sex. And I shut down and I've not been able to open up since uh, a couple times I have been, but it has tremendously affected our sex life, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I've been, I'm currently working with a specialist mm-hmm. on this finally, because I feel ready to address this because sex is a very important part of a relationship. It's an important way of how we connect. I absolutely love that aspect of our life. We've always had a great experience with that. Mm-hmm. And I don't want this to be something, you know, and this is also why I'm bringing this up also is if in your pregnancy, if you're pregnant currently or planning on becoming pregnant, just so you know what could happen, it's actually very common for past traumas to resurface during pregnancy, especially sexual trauma, because pregnancy is a sexual thing, right? Technically, it involves these areas that may have been harmed or inappropriately touched or dealt with in the past. Um, birth, of course, you're passing, you know, a baby through your vaginal canal. Again, that's sexual, right? It's involving the same tools, the same body parts, and also just any traumas that like the soul, your soul and the baby's soul don't want to deal with that want to get resolved are going to come up during pregnancy. So you could have relationship trauma come up during pregnancy. You can have body image trauma. You could have sexual trauma. I mean, I just want to normalize this because I think that so many people are like, oh my God, I'm crazy. What's wrong with me? Blah, 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 blah. And like, don't feel crazy. Just get the help that you need. Okay. Like just understand that it is safe for these things to come up. And 
uh, it's also important to work through them. You know, I'm not just letting it sit with me for the rest of my life. I'm actively, I have been actively seeking and manifesting the right people to work with. And I feel like I finally found the right people to work with. And so that's now something that I'm currently working through so that this doesn't come up in birth. But also once we're ready to get back into that, after I'm healed, it's not something that I have to live with for the rest of my life because what happened to me isn't my fucking fault, but it is my responsibility to heal it. And, you know, guys, she's being so hard on herself right now. And she's not going to like me saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway because this is a real and vulnerable episode. But Catherine has had my full support. I've known about, you know, various elements of her past trauma. So the way that she described this popping up isn't so much that it is a surprise to either of us in that the physical manifestation of how it popped up in this instance was a surprise, meaning that it had never been associated before with the body in the way that it popped up. But it wasn't like this is something that I was unaware of or Catherine was unaware of or just like popped out of the blue. We've had some, we've had a lot of discussions. There's a lot of support. There's a lot of safety, psychological safety, physical safety. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm not here to take any credit for that, but I, I just, I know I, I admire my beautiful wife and her courage and her bravery and her strength so much. She gave me such a incredibly gentle, beautiful plug earlier on what a great partner I am, but I, I, I can't turn that on its head more and just say how proud of you I am how much I love you, how much I admire you, how, how courageous you are, how determined and persistent you are, and just the love and the positive energy that you exude into everyone's life that you touch. Every listener, you know, you guys listening right now, I know you feel it or you wouldn't be here. Catherine just pours energy back into the world and everything that she does. But you got to give yourself some credit here because this is not something that has been, this has been harder on you than me. And I, what I say by that is I've always been the partner that supported Catherine with challenging things that came up. I was all, I've always been the partner that understood. You've always been my rock. I've always been your rock and yeah. I always was your rock around body stuff. And I was always your rock as you explored, really explored the traumas because it wasn't when I met you so many years ago, you were in the space, but it was still surface. It was still developing. You were still mm-hmm. digging deeper. You, there were many layers under the ground or of the onion that you were yet to pull off. And so we've uncovered these things together over the years. And so I just so um, am inspired by your courage to dig into the hard things. And I think Catherine's message to you guys is what comes up is meant to come up. It's not destroying you. It's, it's actually there for you to see, for you to understand and to face it and to heal it. That's why it's coming up for you. And that's a really beautiful message. And it's so true. I just really wanted to give the context on my side of saying like, you deserve credit for the way that you've handled these traumas that have continually come up. This is like a stage five, but you've dealt with 15 stage threes and seven stage fours, and we've handled them together. And I've been there to support you and you've supported yourself. And I'm so uh, in admiration of that. 
But this stage five that was connected to your body has specifically been a challenge because stage threes and stage fours, mentally we can process, mentally we can talk about. But in the area of sex specifically, this one required more space, more security, more more vulnerability and comfort seeking. And so Catherine needed me to be a different man. And I've always been someone who I, I grew up with a mother who's a child development uh, a professional. So I always kind of have this soft spot in general. You know, the the affirmations around around body positivity and women was something that was just in my natural language and my natural understanding. I would look at the D and K sex position books inside Barnes and <laughs> Noble. Uh, not gonna lie, if you know, you know. But like that's how I learned. I didn't find it on like you know P Hub or anything yeah, like Brennan, that. Yeah, Brennan. Brennan learned through like conscious sex books at Barnes and Noble and not porn. <laughs> and when my, and when my, when my mom caught me at some point too, sorry, mom, you're going to hate me for this plug, but my mom caught me at some point when I was like a teenager, like a young teenager. And instead of just like ignoring it or eviscerating me, instead she sat me down and actually offered to buy me uh, a subscription to Playboy. <laughs> On one condition, and that condition was this is a story that's a favorite amongst our friends. It's the first time it's going public. She offered me to, to buy me that subscription on one very important condition that we had the opportunity to sit down and talk about the way women's bodies were portrayed and depicted in that. In, in those publications and why that was not really what sex was about. And so I was horrified. I didn't take her up on it. I was horrified, but that set the stage for the way that I've always approached this area um, in my life, in my relationships and especially with Catherine. But, you know, like, I think you needed that safety and that comfort. You needed me to be a gentle partner in this period of our life. And, um, I, I can say that what men should not do is get frustrated to be selfish or to force through because if you end up doing that, they will shove down these feelings only to rear their ugly head much later. And if instead, like a sports injury, you're able to take the time to support them, to help them heal, to seek the help that they need and to talk with them about it and not think that if there's a pause – that it means that it's gone, which many men I know are fearful of in pregnancy, that like it's a change that means that it's changing forever. It's disappearing. It's, like it's by. The common theme is that everything in pregnancy is just a phase. It's not forever. Right. Yeah. And most importantly, when it comes to sex, because there's a lot of sex questions, like <laughs> there are periods where, you know, Catherine and I have a lot of very spirited uh, activity. Um, and there's times that we don't. And that's, I think, part of just our general, uh, who we are as humans, mm -hmm. how our life operates. Um, I, I'm not going to say whether it's good or not. I think that she can speak for herself on that. Um, but, <laughs> uh, you know, in general, we've had uh, 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 a very diverse eclectic experience in that, in that regard. And pregnancy speaks to this as well, because I expected the physical body to get in the way at this stage. And it's been that. Oh yeah. The bump gets in the way, especially the last seven weeks. And, and how <laughs> your partner 
uh, is interested in different positioning and things yeah. um, without getting too TMI. It's about just uh, like having fun, exploration, creativity, trying things like your usual stuff is not going to work anymore. And importantly for you, because of what you're going through, you have preferences based upon what you experienced and what you need to heal from that, yeah. that makes some things that physically and mechanically bizarre. work. It's, yeah. It's very bizarre because I will get very triggered with the sexual trauma stuff around certain positions, positions and acts and not others. Yeah. So right now we're just focusing on the ones that don't trigger me and I'm just getting therapy for the ones that do is basically like our plan so far. Uh, babe, last question before this literally is a three hour episode. <laughs> How did I make you feel included during our pregnancy? Oh man. Oh, that's you've been a very question. But you've been like very active in all the appointments, all the ultrasounds. I showed you like a zillion births by now. Brennan has watched so many babies be birthed out of random women's vaginas. Mm-hmm. Tons of them. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> You're like almost desensitized to them at this point. I don't especially like them though, but Catherine knows that. And that was another area where we talked about like as a man, I don't give a shit about you or her or Rodriga or Rachel or Sally or I don't care. And that was a hard thing for Catherine at first because she was trying to connect he means by watching showing, other women birth. Yeah, no, watching other women in pregnancy. Oh. I don't care about other people's journeys. You're my woman. You're the person that I care about. You're the mother of my yeah. children. You're my wife. But You're women the love of my life. love to learn from other women. Women want to learn from other women. And so she would be pissed at me if I was like half watching or on my phone or doing something else. Yeah. And we listen very differently. So like I will be listening without – I'm always listening. So all the time, Catherine will like test me if I'm listening. And of course, I can recite it perfectly. But I, the thing is I wasn't listening how she needed me to listen or mm-hmm. watching how she needed me to watch. But I don't really in general care about other p- women's births. But I did that for her. And I think I've learned a lot through that journey even though it's not so much their experience resonates with me the way they resonate with Catherine, I recognize that each learning opportunity to sit together to to, to connect and to 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 learn from someone's experience is valuable. I I know I think but I will say that's just that. like one aspect because we also took lots of classes. You've learned a lot from my midwife, my doula. Like I think you shared a lot of resources, and I was open to that. I think. That, you know, you shared amazing resources. We, you didn't force me to do anything and we're blessed that I have a lot of time freedom. Um, but I made the commitment to make every appointment. And I think I've made every appointment with the exception. But one. Yeah. When I was sick, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that was the only one that I missed. And that's been a really beautiful experience for me because I, I'm not leading in this space, but I am very involved and I care. And so, um, uh, those of you who know me know I have a lot of a lot of opinions, a lot of noise, and 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 a lot of thoughts, and so this has been an opportunity for me to take more of a backseat. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been really. What was the question again? Just how have I made you feel included during pregnancy? I think because you tried to make me feel included without expectation. Yeah, I think that's like even going back, like looping this all together. Um. I forgot exactly what you're what you said, but it reminded me of how I never forced you to get into manifesting. Yes. Like I never forced you to get into yes. spirituality. Yes. And so very similarly, yes. it's like I never forced you 
to do really anything. You compelled me. Yeah. You made it, you gave it enough leverage for me to care. And you gave me the space and the freedom. Ladies, that does not mean that he's earned your trust or respect. He's got to earn it first. Important caveat, right? He's got to earn it. It doesn't mean he has to earn it by being 100% always forever or he'll never earn it. But it's a dance, right? Someone who has trust, who has your trust and respect deserves a little bit of freedom. And what I mean by that is like Catherine has always compelled me to learn things. She's always compelled me to grow, to evolve rather than forced me to. And how you do it, babes, is by you being the best version of yourself, focusing on your path and your path only, and being an example for the people in your life. That's that's literally how you do it. If you want to ask me how I did it, it's just I focus on my own shit. I focus on myself. And uh, Brennan watches me. And he's like, damn, like she's living her best life. Like she's doing something right. Like, let me, let me see if I can get a piece of that action. And then Brennan's like, what are you doing? Can you tell me more about this? And I'm like, here we go. This is what I do. This is what I believe. This is what I say. This is what a vision board is. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, Last question. What are you excited about in terms of our birth? What are you looking forward to? Thoughts, feelings, concerns? Can I, can I ask a question that may resonate with men who are listening? Okay. Birth or baby? Let's start with birth Okay. First. Both are very different for me. Okay. The answer birth, both. The birth is very connected. But not connected. in like a three-hour dissertation. The, the birth is very connected <laughs> to the woman. It is your birth. It is our birth, but it is first and foremost your birth. My job is to be there for you and for what you need. My job is to be there for, to connect with you emotionally, physically, to ensure that you, you get what you need, to ensure that what your desires are communicated no matter what outcome it is, and that you get the time to connect with your baby who's been inside your oven for, for 10 months. Uh, of course, I want some opportunities to you know, hold him and kiss him and stuff too. But I'm saying it's your birth. And I say that because women always say our birth. Oh, someone asked. Oh, my God. Sorry. This is related. I don't mean to interrupt you. Uh, were you always on board with home birthing? Uh, someone asked this. So it relates. Okay. So. so no dissertation. I. <laughs> Everything's a dissertation of Reddit. <laughs> my life is a dissertation. That's okay. Um, no, I mean, yes and no. Because you're saying your birth, but there's so many I've hear all the time. Not all the time because home births like make up like 1% of births in the United States. And it's actually far more common outside the U.S. than in the U.S. But I see a lot of like mothers-to-be being super gung-ho about home births and like super excited and it feels in alignment and their intuition is telling them like, this is a way to birth. Birth is not a medical emergency. Your body knows what to do. They're like so excited about it, but their partners are shit terrified of it. You have to understand where men come from. They are against it because they've been conditioned that hospital is safety and you have to process it, not through them, not giving you what you want. They care so much about you yeah. and your baby 
that they'll do anything to ensure that they are safe and healthy. Yeah. It's important to not process it as some selfish thing. Like I want a doctor. I want X. I want Y. I want Z. Their job as a energy, as a masculine energy, as a protector and provider, they want to ensure that you are safe. They want to be ensure that you're healthy. And society has created the conditions where there's more skepticism and more question marks around home birth than hospital birth. When the reality, what I've learned through my experience is that both have question marks and different question marks and both can be done extremely safely and both can be done extremely successfully. And it just has to do with your preferences, your environment, your team, your desires and your Planning, outcome preparation, all of it. Yeah. And, and I would say in, one thing that again you did is you compelled me to watch the documentary, you know, built the business, business of being, of being born. Please watch that documentary. Changed my mindset because I'm already someone who's not skeptical of medicine at, by any means. But I, I always say I, I don't know if someone if I got this from somewhere. So you know copyright be damned. But I always say that if I can buy your hospital inside of my brokerage account and get a share of the profits, then you're not in the business of health first. You're in the business of health. You're in the business of science. You're in the business of medicine, but you're also in the business of money. And so for me, that doesn't mean hospitals are bad or good. Medicine, bad or good. That's the wrong argument. That's this whole division, polarization, crap I don't want to get into. All I'm saying is that when you realize that hospitals also have a financial incentive, then it allows you to see things differently. It allows you to say, do I really need a hospital for something that can be safely done in another manner? And the answer is maybe. And if you're very high risk or you have twins or triplets or something, of course, if Catherine had triplets and was high risk, we would have the best yeah. doctors in the world at Cedar sinai uh, uh, You know, that would be our approach because well, yeah, it's not I think all the or biggest, nothing. The biggest misconception about home births is that you're just going rogue. Yes. But like, especially in California, California has one of the strictest like licenses for right. midwifery and it is very only very low risk mothers who um, midwives will cater to. And of course, like everyone can break a law, you know, no shit. But like, um, I'm just saying from my experience and how my midwife does things, it's like, if I have certain risk factors, she will still, and I told, like, even if I were to do a hospital birth, like even if I were planning on a hospital birth, I would have a midwife see me through my whole pregnancy over the, the classic like OBGYN appointments because my midwife spends like an hour and a half with me every single appointment that we have together. And it like builds this powerful relationship and education and tips and tricks and like holistic alternatives to things that don't necessarily just need a pill to be fixed. Like there's other ways that you can take care of things. Like for example, I have, uh, I'm group B strep positive this pregnancy, but I did an, uh, um, like a, an alternative kind of like health protocol that we're seeing if it works by retesting myself 
two weeks later to see if everything that I did, like upping my probiotics, doing like garlic suppositories, like, yes, I smell like garlic down there. Sorry, Brennan. Um, and what do you mean? <laughs> I've been doing it. I know, I know. <laughs> she said it like she's doing it. I'm the one suppositorying. <laughs> yeah. And again, we don't need any, uh, wait, are we still recording? Okay, perfect. We don't need any opinions no, or advice no, or anything. This is all I'm under care by. We are energetically unavailable for yeah, your opinions <laughs> about our choices. Yes. Bye. Um, but what I'm just saying is that like, I, absolutely love the midwifery model. Um, but anyway, I'm low risk. So I'm like fully prepared for home birth. It's not about going rogue. Although some people do free births, which I personally would never do. And there is zero judgment whatsoever. Full respect. Full respect for any kind of preference, any kind of choice. Like that's just like who I am. Like I, I want to empower people to do whatever the fuck they want to do. And you would have your dream birth in a hospital as can people have a dream birth in a hospital. Absolutely. Because if you're educating yourself on your choices and you're electing in the ways that make sense for you, that is your dream birth. Your dream birth isn't about where or how your dream birth is about scripting in the same way you script your relationship in the way, same way you script your life or your business or whatever it is. You're scripting the outcome that you desire and then being an owner and standing up for what your desires are. And as long as they abide by the safe terms and you're educated about the difference between preferences and safety, then you can have your dream birth no matter where it is, whether it's a free birth, whether it's a home birth, whether it's a hospital birth, whether it's a surgical procedure, it does not matter. That is your dream because you took the time, you got educated and you scripted it in a way that works for you and for your family. Amen. Okay. No more dissertations or I'm going to smack you. (laughs) Just kidding. I don't do that. Um, What are you most excited about when it comes to baby? Oh man, it's my son. Um, I'm so excited to see him gaze at you. He's going to be so connected to you. He's going to take your, um, boobs from me. Um, but that's okay. Uh, he, he deserves them for as long as he needs, as long as you'll accept it. I, I, I also will share one other thing too. We are not, we are going to breastfeed a thousand percent, but we're not going to exclusively. And and that's again, a preference. I know some people do it. No, I know we are, baby. I know we are, but we're going to pump too, because yeah, that's still exclusively breastfeeding. Oh, okay. Sorry. That means he's not eating formula or anything else. Oh, okay. See, I learned something new every day. What can you say? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I'm, Why are we changing our plan? I'm, I'm, <laughs> I am looking forward to also being able to give Catherine a break. Um, we really want to leverage that connection, that skin to skin in the early period, especially um, where the you know the boob is going to be uh, the number one um, the delicacy on the We're menu. We're going to establish the milk supply. Exactly. But after that, I'm really excited to bottle feed him myself for that connection time. Yeah, it's still going to be my breast milk. So that's why it's exclusive breastfeeding. Got it. But yes, you're definitely helping out. (laughs) I'm I'm excited to really do that. And and I know not everyone chooses that and other people choose other routes. But for us, that would make sense. And I'm really excited about that. I'm really excited to like uh, those of you who know me probably don't really see the way that I play with our dogs or like how much I've been around kids, but I've spent a lot of time around kids in my life. And I just, I love them. I love the way they look at the world. Catherine will like 
was so confused earlier in our relationship why I'm always like waving at babies across the restaurant and like little kids. I think because I have a very big expressive face and like a big effervescent personality, you have a big ass energy. They, man. they just they can't. So I'll just like smile and like big eyes, big smile and like wave and. They just really love that. And so it's it's beautiful. And, and parents, I think, are, are in general not off put by that because the type of energy I put out isn't, you know. It's uh, not creepy. It's not creepy. And it's not <laughs> like, you know, completely unwarranted. But I am excited to kind of put that onto our own kid. And, of course, I'm excited for him to grow. And someday he's going to listen to this and be horrified. But that's okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You guys, it's July 31st when we're recording this. I My due date is August 1st. Of course, Bubba's can uh, be born late, especially to first-time moms. We have no idea when he's coming. I'm already showing early signs of labor, but there's nothing for certain. I'm so glad we got this episode in. It was my plan to do it all the third trimester. I'm like, we need to sit down and record this episode. This episode is a lot longer than I expected, but honestly, like knowing the two of us, these are normal-ass conversations. Like Brennan and I just blab like all through dinner. We love talking to each other. We're obsessed with each other. We love to talk about the world, ourselves, our relationship, people, this, that. Like we're just anyway. We were as authentic as we could possibly be in this episode. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, share this with someone who you think this episode would benefit. If you know someone who's pregnant, who's currently having any sort of relationship issues that are coming up in the first trimester, I know that postpartum is going to be a whole nother thing. But like I said, our plan, people are asking like our postpartum plan for a relationship, like my, my plan at least, and I know it's our plan too, is to implement exactly what we talked about in this episode of that whole venting thing and communication and being open and asking each other like, hey, what is your need? I see you have an unmet need. How can I help fulfill this need for you? Like, what is it? And as soon as you are honest with one another and actually share what that thing is and not beat around the bush, like you're going to get passed through things so much faster than just arguing for days and days and days on end. When you guys know that I learned such a valuable lesson last month in Greece, that life is so short. You never know how long you have with this person. There's no need to argue for like seven days in a row. Just get it the fuck over with in 10 minutes and just live a beautiful life. And just last last moment here. Yeah, yeah. She's she's like, no more dissertations. I got you. I, it's okay. You're trying to end. That's cool. I just want to <laughs> say some people don't get over it in 10 minutes. Catherine gets over it really quick. I take longer. But, yeah, yeah, but yeah. the thing is, don't go to bed angry. Don't do it. Sometimes I lay on the couch when I'm mad at her. But I lay on the couch for 15 minutes or 30 minutes, not all night. Because yeah, it's, space it's, is okay. it's the desire to fix that wins all. Even if you're mad, even if she pissed you off, even if you pissed her off, doesn't matter. Always come back to each other. Don't yeah. move away from each other. Come back to what matters. Come back to what you do agree on. Chunk up into what matters to you, the vision that you share, the vision for your family, the vision for what matters. Come back together. That's so important. So. All right. I love you all so, so much. Thank you so much for listening. If you made it to the end of this episode, you are a true OG. We love you. Love you so, so much. And I will catch you in the next episode, whenever that will be. I'm sure we're going to do a sit down together talking about our birth story once that finally happens. So stay tuned for that. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. 
If you absolutely loved what you heard today, be sure to share it with me by leaving a review on iTunes so that I can keep the good stuff coming your way. If you aren't already following me on social media, come soak up the extra inspiration on Instagram by following at ManifestationBabe or visiting my website at ManifestationBabe.com. I love and adore you so much and can't wait to connect with you in the next episode. In the meantime, go out there and manifest some magic.